where it says, you stand by my side, and you stood in my place. Amen. That is just a beautiful, beautiful little scenario that if, you, if you're looking at that and you're thinking about what that really means. He, has he stood by your side any time? Huh? He's like, and, and, and are you not surrounded by angels today? You know, so this is how we fight our battles. We, we, it looks like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by him. Praise God for that. And I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so excited to see you. People are still coming back in, and I'm so excited about that, um, that you are here today. And some of you are watching online. Don't forget, if you are here in-house, in, in but you normally had been watching online and sharing, please make sure and go on and, sh and share that. Because we want you to, we want more people to see it. We've been having lots of views on our, our services, and we're so excited about that. Um, please, if you are, don't, don't forget, I think Craig mentioned it earlier. Uh, we want everybody to go to kingdomimpact.tv, which is our website, and click on I'm New. Everybody. Because we want to make sure we have the most up-to-date information on you so we can, when we send, in, you send out, you know, emails about what's happening at the church and stuff like that, um, and, and special uh, events and special things that's going on. We want you to be a part of that. So please go to kingdomimpact.tv and then click I'm new. And if you have a prayer request, you can, you can type prayer request. I mean, there's a prayer request button also that you can put on there. And now we have a way that you can do that. And um, that will come to me and also we'll be going to Jay and Sherry O'Dell, which is heading up our uh, prayer department as well. So um, we're excited about that. So, you know, at the beginning of, the, of this year, you know, we, uh, our word was overflow. Anybody remember that? Uh, you know, I didn't know that it meant that the coronavirus is an overflow from China to here, but <laughs> I guess God was giving us a prophetic word, you know. But uh, it was just funny how that happened. I was like, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, overflow, Lord. I was like, geez, you know. Um, but it was funny how that happened. But, but the thing is, is I want to talk to you today. We, we have been watching The Chosen. We watched the first episode on, first and second episode on, on Friday night. We'll watch the next two episodes this Friday night. If it rains, we'll come inside and watch it. It's a wonderful series. It shows you the humanity of Christ, and it really puts into, into thought in your mind some things that possibly could have happened in between these stories. And it's really good because I want you to watch it because, and, and, and all of it's not biblical. It's got most of, of the biblical things in there, and, and, but, but there's some things that's kind of given leeway, some of the gray areas. They kind of talk about what could have happened. And I want to, because I want us to, when you're reading your Bible, that's what I want you to do, what this movie is doing. I want you to look and say, God, what could have happened right through here? We let, let God speak to you. Look, put, make the Bible a, a, more than just a story. Make it a life. Make, go back like you're looking back in time, and you're looking through the whole entire story, and you're seeing what's happening. It's so cool. It's, it's really neat, and it's really exciting, and we're having such a good time out here just sitting out there um, and uh, together to bring you lounge chairs, and we'll have a good time. Um, but to, I want to talk about somebody that was in the first two episodes that um, I have come to really, matter of fact, I titled my message because of how, my difference of opinion now. When you hear Mary Magdalene, you always hear and think about um, a prostitute. You think about someone that is very sinful, okay? Um, and I come to find out after studying her a whole lot in the last two weeks that uh, she's one of Jesus' top fans. And I'm going to show you that today, and I hope that through this, I'm going to teach to you more today than really preach um, because I want you to understand this. And I want you to see that just because you heard something all your life, you need to go in the Word of God and find out for yourself really what it says and, what, and what's going on. You can go on Google and go to different places and go to commentary. i got tons of commentaries in my office. You can look, but, you, but we need to find out these things. It's really important. I want you to, I want to read. You can, you can turn to or click to Luke chapter 8, 1 through 3. And I say click because some of y'all might got phones and you're clicking through it that way, and that's fun. Um, soon afterward... Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news of, about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him. 
okay? Along with some women who had been cured from evil diseases and evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom we um, had, who had, who had cast out seven demons. He had cast out seven demons. Johanna, the, the wife of Chusa, Chusa, and Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many other um, who were contributing to the, uh, their own res- from their own resources to support Jesus and the disciples. I want you to know, and by the end of the day, you're going to find out that uh, Mary Magdalene, whom, whom many thought was just a prostitute, um, actually was a disciple of Christ. There, there are 12 men that they have there, but there were some women disciples too that are not mentioned that followed him all the way to the end. As a matter of fact, some of them, including Mary Magdalene, you'll find, followed him a whole lot more closely than they did. Mary Magdalene was a woman who was healed by Jesus, and she never took it for granted. She never took it for granted. So many times a day, we get healed of stuff, and we just say, uh, even, even a cold. We get healed of, God will heal us of a cold or heal us of something, and we just take it for granted and expect, thank you for doing what you're supposed to do. Rather than looking at God and say, God, thank you. I know that was small. I asked for you to help me, you know, get, get, get over this or get this right here. God, even our small things in our life, we need to take take and be excited and not take for granted of what they are um she she could she could not go back to her whole her old way of life she had every opportunity to go back to her whole old way of life but she never did once she was free she stayed free mary magdalene probably um she wasn't probably a very special woman her, they, her name was mary um and they call her magdalene because because they think that she's from magdala okay she she is mentioned about 12 times in the gospels out of, there's, there's 52, 51 mentions of the word Mary in the New Testament, and 12 of them are from Mary Magdalene. And uh, let's see here. And then, then it says there are six different Marys in the New Testament. Okay, there's six of them, 51 times it's mentioned Mary's name, and also there is uh, uh, three, here's it's just a fun fact, there's 3.3 million Marys in the world right now. But anyway, okay, <laughs> I got a little too detailed there. But, but she had seven demons, and those seven demons came out. Some people say, well, because it was because of the seven deadly sins. Some people say that it was because of that, that she had to get cast out seven demons seven different times. And I, just, and I, when I, I, I talked to the book whenever I saw that. I was like, you didn't, you, you, maybe if the disciples did it, but, but Jesus, man, when Jesus cast out demons, like, <laughs> when he ta- you know, he, the man, I know he healed twice because I think he was, God was trying to teach us something in that time about healing and, and the process of healing. But when Jesus cast out demons, he, he, he knows who he is. And it ain't no seven, he didn't have to take, stand there seven times and cast out demons. But also seven is a word for completeness, which means possibly that maybe it completely took over her life. So we're not sure about that. But, but because of her faith and example, her name lives far beyond just the Word of God. It lives into the day. As a matter of fact, she is a, a very good example of a woman that, that, that is a woman of God and a woman that is a, a minister of God as well. Number one, I want to talk to you really quickly. Um, she would, she should always be, I mean, we should always be thankful for what we have and what God's done for us and never forget it. Mary first met Jesus in, in Luke chapter 7 whenever she ca- when he cast out the demons. And the, and the Bible never, ever, ever says that she's a prostitute. Nowhere. Go back and look. Read it. It never says she's a prostitute. People, people think that she, she, had, that she uh, was possibly a prostitute because of the demons and all this kind of stuff. She obviously had some kind of sin in her life. You know, a lot of people say that if you back up a, a, a chapter and that the, from Mary from Bethany, that the Mary from Bethany is Mary Magdalene. 
the woman who um, anointed Christ's feet, but that's not true either. They're two different people. But, the, but they say that she was a, a, a prostitute, and the rumors are that she was to insinuate that she was a sinful woman. But she had, she had something very in common with the woman from Bethany and some of the other Marys, that it was that she loved Jesus with all of her heart. And absolutely, it's unheard of that a woman would be a disciple of a rabbi. But, but she was. She came and she stood by Christ every sense of the day. Her, she had lots of gratitude. She had lots of thankfulness. And she followed him around. And you'll see in The Chosen, you'll see her hanging out with her disciples the whole time. You know, she, she, she took this journey with him. She learned a lot from him. She, she put into practice all the things that he did. And she became one of, one, one of Christ's um, disciples. Um, you're, you're, number two, your past doesn't matter. Somebody, everybody say, my past doesn't matter. Okay, because I know society and I know humans. I want you to say it again because you didn't believe yourself the first time. Say, my past doesn't matter. Amen. Okay, see, and because she had this past, but once Christ took care of that past, and whenever you, you, you get Christ in your life, and you say, you know, you, Christ come into my life, forgive me for my sins, and cleanse me from all iniquity, the, the, your past is forgiven, your past is over with, your past is done. And, and, it's, and, you, and she was rejected, hopeless, and she was isolated at, when she had these demons. They treated people with demons very badly. You know, and, 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 and obviously sometimes, you know, like I said, if she was completely demon-possessed, she just walked around all the time with that. But sometimes in demon-possession, you go back and forth, you know. And, and so, again, anytime I mention demon-possession, I want to always remind you, if you are a Christian and you are saved, you are bought by the blood of Christ, and you cannot be demon-possessed. So don't worry about it. It's going to be okay, okay? So, you know, you can be oppressed by the enemy, but you cannot be possessed because you have the blood of Christ applied to your life. And if the devil crosses that bloodline, he gets saved, and he don't want that to happen. So, um, but anyway, but she experienced deep shame, I'm sure. You know, and, and after, after the fact that she was free, I'm sure she had a little bit of shame. She was human. You know, she probably had some shame and thought about her old life and the things that she did and and she probably, you know, hated some of that. But, but through watching Christ's life, she, she was able to get over that, get through that, and move forward. You know, and you say today, but Pastor, Lee, why are you talking about her and the demons? Because I ain't got no demons, you know what? But you know what? You may have fear. You may have doubt. You may have rejection. You may have lust. You may have anxiety. You may have shame. You may have hopelessness. You may have greed. You may have rejection in your life. You may not have a demon, but you have a demonic oppression on you. Or you have a sin in your life. You know, that God today can heal you from, that God can deliver you from, and you can walk away free and follow Christ and be thankful for that for the rest of your life. And when you, when, whenever you call to him, you shall be free. When you repent, you are forgiven. And the word of God says he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. It's forgotten. It's over with. The only person who remembers is you and Satan. Satan wants to remind you to try to drag you back into it, to mess with your mind, to make you feel like you're not good enough. You're really not over that. You are so bad, I don't even know why you're trying this, because you're no good. You're nothing. You're not going to make it. You're a failure. You're trying to, you tried to be a Christian before, and look at you. You're still failing. He wants, he wants to put all this doubt and fear and rejection in your mind. And then we believe it. God says, I come to bring life and life more abundantly. And the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But, we, but, we, but when the enemy whispers a word to us, we know he's a liar and the father of lies. But whenever that happens, we believe him. He's a liar. And he tells us, you're nothing, you're nobody. You're not going to make it. You're not, nobody cares about you. You're not good enough. And we're like, well, you're probably right. What? Why do we believe a liar? 
Why do, we, why do we believe a liar? Because it's not true. You repented. When you repented, you are forgiven. And you are forgiven all of your sins. Christ has already forgiven you for sins you haven't committed yet. When he died on the cross, he ain't got it. Because, because we have some sins we haven't committed yet, he hasn't got to go back to the cross for those sins. He's, he's already forgiven us for everything. We just got to accept that and receive that forgiveness. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Jesus says, this means that anyone who belongs in Christ becomes a new person. The old life is gone and the new has begun. So whenever you become a Christian, you're old, you, you got to get out of that old person and you got to get into your new person and you got to walk in Christ. That's why sometimes we talk about sanctification because sometimes we got one foot in a pair of blue jeans and one, put, one foot in a pair of overalls and we're kind of trying to ride this life and we're saved but we're still struggling with our past life, you know, a little bit. And sometimes that happens when you get saved. It's all done. But sometimes there needs to be a sanctification process to where we're like, you know what? I'm done with that. I know I may sin, but I'm, gonna, I'm standing in Christ's name. I'm standing in his word. I'm for Christ. I am in Christ. And I am good enough to, to, to do what God's called me to do, and I'm going to be okay. And I don't have to kind of hang on to that line anymore. Okay? You don't hear a lot of people talking about sanctification anymore. It is a thing. It is a thing. Yes, you do get sanctified, and then after you get sanctified, then you sanctify yourself every day. You've got to stay sanctified. Number three, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to teach. Well, don't let depression and discouragement weigh you down. <laughs> don't, don't let depression and discouragement weigh you down. Mary Magdalene was a witness to the, to the crucifixion. You know that, that she was one of the Marys that was there at the crucifixion? When everybody, she heard Jesus' final words on the cross. Most of the other disciples ran away. And they ran away from that tragic day. And, and not only was she there at the crucifixion, and she saw Christ. She, she followed him the whole time through his, his ministry. She was a disciple. She followed him. And also, she helped. She, I don't know if she had a husband that, that uh, maybe was, was rich or what have you. But it said that she helped fund Jesus' ministry. So she, she, was, she was helping him, helping provide for him. And she was there, and she was listening to him. And so not only was she there on that crucifixion day, um, but, but, and I'm sure she walked away from the crucifixion kind of deflated. All these years I followed you, and now you're gone. Now what am I going to do? And not only did, but, but she loved him so much. The top fan loved him so much that she followed him all the way to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. She followed him all the way. She, took, she watched where that's where she knew what the tomb was at. She followed them and went to the tomb. Who, who else went to the tomb? Where, where the boys at? Where's all his disciples at? She followed him. She loved him. She went to the tomb and followed him there. And her hopes, she probably thought when they sealed that tomb that her, her hopes were sealed away, that her dreams were sealed forever. But, but, but we all have, have had times in our lives where our thoughts were different from God's. And God's like, I got a plan. Christ is going to die. He's going to be in a tomb. And, 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 and we're like, no, 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 that can't happen. We need him. I, have you ever looked at God and said something sort of happened in your life and you're like, no, 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 this can't happen. Don't, don't clap at God, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, know, and you, know, you know how we, how people get mad and start clapping at you? But, but you know, but hey, listen here, but we look at God and say, no, God, that can't happen. This can't, this can't be true. This is not the way it's supposed to happen. And God's looking at us saying, listen, will you chill out? I got a plan. This coronavirus, all this, everything, God's got a plan. God's not concerned. He's not worried. He's like, I got a plan. I got a plan. I'll turn all things out for the good. I will work this out for your benefit. So, but, but we wait. But, but if we wait long enough, we'll see what God was planning. But we don't want to wait long enough to see what God's plans were. When it don't happen the way we want it to, we jump in and try to fix things. 
instead of waiting on God to do what he's called us to do. But God wants to give us what's best and, and not just what's good. At times, Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6 talks about it, and it says that it's, it's good to remember that, that, that he is a potter and that we are the clay. And as I talked about a couple weeks ago, we've got to, to jump up on, that, on that, 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 clay, that clay wheel and allow Christ to pull away. The, the four gospel accounts record the presence of, of women at the foot of the cross, okay? Mark 15 and 40. All four gospels talk about these women being at the foot of the cross. Mark 15 and 40 records Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of, of James and Salome, and uh, Matthew 27, 55 through 56 says, it said Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James and Joseph, and the Mary and the mother of sons of Zebedee. Luke mentions the group but does not, but does not identify them. John lists Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Every one of them had Mary Magdalene in there. Every, every, every one of them, they so important that these women were at the cross that they mentioned these ladies. Matter of fact, the reason that these women um, uh, stood, stayed there at the cross and, and went to the, to the cross and even to the graveside at times, maybe it was because the, 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 the men, the disciples, maybe were scared that they were going to be arrested. And like, I'm next. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm next. Or maybe they were braver. Okay, no. Okay, the men are mad. The women like me now. Okay. But the Sunday morning, the Sunday morning was, was, was dawning, and Mary decided on the Sunday morning, you know what? I'm going to go visit the tomb. Nobody else is running out there, right? But Mary and the women, uh, some of them say a couple of women went with her, but Mary went to the tomb and, and, and uh, went there, and all of a sudden when she got there, the earth shook and the stone had rolled away. And the, the guards fainted. Mary and her friends stepped back in terror. And, and, he, and, she, and he said, look at her. Jesus looked at her, or I mean the angel looked at her and said, I want you to go tell the disciples and Peter, all right? Um, and tell the disciples and tell them to meet me in Galilee. Now, I'm stepping ahead of myself. Let me go back a minute. They looked inside the tomb, and they were filled with shock and, and joy. The disciples um, did not believe Mary at first. When they went and told Mary, they were like, no, he just died. We saw him die. We know he's there. And she's like, no, 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 I've been to the tomb. He's not there. And here's something about that tomb when she went there. When the first time she came back to them she, to tell them, she came back with the wrong information. She was like, he's gone. Somebody probably took him. That was not what happened, obviously, as we know, right? Because we know if you look in the tomb and you see all the stuff, you, you have the, the, head, the head handkerchief and the, the stuff was folded, right? Everything in it was folded. Well, why was that? Because if someone stole the body, they wouldn't have folded up the cloth behind him, right? You know, so they, he wanted them to understand, no, this was planned. I took time before I left to fold the garments, okay? So, so but, but John, but, so it said that Peter and John in the book of John now, you know what I said about the book of John, right? John likes himself, and the only, only, only place in the Bible that, that it says the beloved is in John. John calls himself the beloved because he thinks he's Jesus' best friend. So he calls him the beloved, but it says, listen, it says Peter and John ran, and then it says Peter, Peter, and, but then it says right after that, and it says, but the other, the other disciple beat him there. In other words, I outran Peter. He thinks he's something. I thought that was hilarious that, that, that he made a point to say that he outran Peter through the tomb like he loved Jesus more. You know, oh, we both got told, but I beat him there because I love him more. It's so funny how they, how they were so much wanting to show, show one another how much they cared for Christ and stuff. But they saw the empty tomb, and they couldn't f fathom what was going on. They, they couldn't realize it. 
and they got there, and they were, and they were, they were tripping out, and the, and the guys left, and Mary stayed. And I want you to know, this next point, number four point, is I want you to know that Jesus knows your name. Just like a while ago you said that your sins are forgiven and that your past doesn't matter, I want you to say right now, please, and type it in the comments, you know, he knows my name. Okay, again, one more time. He knows my name. He does. He knows your name. Is that not, is that, let's just pause a second. Is that not amazing that the God of the universe with, with, with seven billion or however many people in the world, you know, people, that he knows your name. He's so concerned. But how is that? It does, see, that's where we mess up, that how word, because God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are, he's so big, we can't understand the vastness of him. And we just got to understand that he's not a liar. And he says, yes, I know your name. I'm concerned about your needs. And Mary, Mary re remained as they took the, the body off the cross, like I said. He took him down to Joseph of Arimathea. Um, the, his tomb that he borrowed and John let's see here John chapter 20 verses 11 through 13 we don't have this I put I added this this morning John um, so you can you can pick up on verse 14 whenever I get there but it says Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and she wept she stooped and she looked in and she saw the two the two angels one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of where the body of Jesus was lying okay let's stop right there does anybody know what that symbolizes there was two angels, one at the foot and one at the head. The Ark of the Covenant, right? You know, and, and, just, and now it's showing that, you know what? That was the Ark of the Covenant where, where, where God's presence was, but now we have Jesus. He's our Ark of the Covenant. He's the one who has the president, presence. He's the one who walks around, right? Praise God for that. But he's, and so one sitting at the head, one sitting at the foot of Jesus where he was, had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked. Because they have taken away my Lord. See, she's, got, she's, she's not thinking right right now. They've taken away my Lord. She replied, and I don't know where they have put him. <laughs> you know, um, it's so funny because she, she's like, you know, let me, let me know. I'll go get him. Where's he at? I love this woman. She's fired up, man. John 20, 11 through 13. So now let's go to chapter, um, verse 14. She turned and, and left and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Why didn't she recognize him? See, because she saw him the way she was, she saw him, but see, he, 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 was, he was different right now. And I don't know if, he, if he's disguised himself, whatever, if he, if he looked different because he had, he had been dead and, and, and he's alive now. But it, but it says, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought it was a gardener. Now, let's stop right there. Well, I don't want to go there yet. I'll mention that in a minute. So he, she, she thought it was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you, have if you take him away, tell me where he is and I'll go get him. Come on, this is a woman that she ain't playing. She's like, I'll go get him. Okay, she wasn't scared at all. She said, if you could take him away, I'll go get him. And then he's, okay, Mary, Jesus said. He turned and she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. Okay, now, I love how it presented it on, on, the, uh, on the chosen because it, it, I, it makes sense with what was happening here. Because when he grabs her on the chosen and, he, and she's full of demons and he grabs her, and says, Mary, you know, I've chosen you. You are mine. You are redeemed, okay? And when he called her Mary, because in, in the movie, she looked up at him, and she heard how he called his voice. Now, I just wonder, I just wonder if maybe that's why she all of a sudden knew who it was, because when he said Mary, she knew she had that same feeling that she felt when he first called her out, when she was demon-possessed. And she's like, oh, that, oh, I know that voice. You may not look the same, but I know that voice. And he knew her name. 
And he says, don't cling to me. And that word cling really don't mean cling. It means don't touch. Don't touch this. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I know Cheryl, Cheryl and, and got that bad from high school. <clears throat> okay. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find your brothers and tell them and, and, um, and I, that I am ascending to my Father and your Father. See, I love that. My Father, and now, now he's saying it's, it's my Father, but now he's going to be your Father. To my, um, to my God and your Lord. Okay? To my God and your God, sorry. So, so here's the thing. So he's sitting there, he says, don't touch me. And then, matter of fact, th- he didn't appear himself to the disciples until later on that day. That afternoon. So there was a lot of hours there in between. So what, what happened? He, he went to heaven. Okay? But when Mary Magdalene heard her own name spoken, her doubts melted in peace. She heard the audible voice of Jesus calling her name, and all her fears subsided. Isaiah 41, 43 and 1 says, fear, you know, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And that's in the, that's in the chosen. That's what he said to her whenever he, re, when he cast out the demons. But as the song goes, you, or, you know, or you've heard that song. It's that he knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees um, each fear that falls, and he hears me when I call. That's, that's, what, that's what's going on right here. And number five, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Jesus also asked her, Whom are you, who are you seeking? I love that. We just think about who you're looking for. You would think, well, she's looking for Jesus. No, 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 no. He's going much deeper than that. He's saying, who are you seeking? Are you seeking the man that had, bar- that, that had been crucified and was buried only? Or are you seeking the man who was crucified, buried, and rose again? In other words, are you still looking for a dead man because he ain't here? Who are you, are you still, so today, who are you looking for? Are you looking just for a teacher? Are you looking for a prophet? Are you looking for the king of kings and the lord of lords? Are you looking for the risen Messiah? Are you looking for somebody that's dead still that may, may come back one day? The Lord was crucified, buried, and raised again. It matters what you're seeking. Was he a good man or just a, a teacher, a good teacher? Or was he the son of God? Or do you see him as a king of heaven? Jesus appeared to the, the disciples later on that afternoon in, in, in Galilee. And he showed him his nail-scarred hands. And he, and he let Thomas touch his hands. And I'm sure the rest of the disciples said, let me touch. Let, let, me, let me try. Let me see. Man, let me try. Man, wow, that's crazy. You know, he had new hope and new purpose filled them. They were, they were to go spread the marvelous good news that everyone could, could know that Jesus Christ was alive. That him who was crucified is now raised from the dead. And my last point, go and tell the good news. Throughout history, women have been treated, women have been treated less than equal as a partner as they were created to be. Not even, matter of fact, in the Bible days, they weren't even a reliable witness in court. But Jesus gave the woman the opportunity to change that. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let, let your roots grow down deep in him. Let your lives be built in him. Then your faith will grow um, strong in the truth and, that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And that's what these ladies did. See, many of the disciples lived a long time, and they were m- even martyred. And some of the women were as well, but, but it says here, I, I did some, some research, and it said that some of the claims said that she, that married Magdalene, married John. Some crazy ones said that Mary married Jesus. And we know that didn't happen. But it said that she possibly evangelized all of southeastern France and spent 30 years in the Alpine caves. But she found her darkest moment 
and she, that, and she was healed miraculously. And, she, and God gave this woman an opportunity. You know, so who took, who took the first gospel? Who preached the first Easter message that he is risen? Mary Magdalene. It wasn't a preacher. It wasn't a man. It was Mary Magdalene. Women are important too. Christ is saying that we all have a work to do for God. And it's amazing that she's the first one. As a matter of fact, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is the first one ever carried the gospel. Literally, right? Okay, I, I, need to say not, I need to keep the preaching, not the joke. Okay. But the thing is, is that, so it's important. So, she, so it was their job to go out and tell everybody. And after that happened, you know what happened when he arose, he preached, he preached to them. Jesus came back and he, he, he uh, was seen by 500 people, witnesses. And then they had, you know, the day of Pentecost, and they had all this kind of stuff. And, man, th those disciples went crazy. The women went crazy, man, and everybody was coming to Christ. They went out and told everybody about Jesus. And we today still need to do that. Why have we stopped? Why have we stopped telling people about Jesus? Why have we stopped saying he has risen? Why have we stopped, why have we stopped saying, hey, you got issues, God can heal you. I don't care if you got demons. I don't care if you got addictions. I don't care what it is, God can heal you. And why have we stopped being thankful for what he did for us? Why have we, we got to this place of satisfaction that we're like, okay, well, hey, no, 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 we need to continually thank God for all the great things that he has done. We have to stay like Mary. Why have we lost our commitment to Christ? Mary was faithful from the very beginning. The moment she got healed, from that moment on, she followed Christ and walked with him. She learned from him. She talked with him. She, she taught for him. She, she funded him. She did everything she could. And she was the one that was at the cross, and she was the one at, all the way to the tomb when he rose. She saw him from the moment she got saved to the moment that he rose. And she stayed with him. But it seems like today, we don't have a whole lot of commitment for Christ anymore. Commit, matter of fact, commit, commitment is better defined in, in some Christians today as convenience. It's not, I'm, I'm committed when it's convenient for me. I'm committed when I need something. I'm committed when I'm in a bad time, a bad situation, when I'm down and depressed. But other than that, I just use them when I need them. And we got to get to the place where we don't, that, we, that, we're, that we're totally 100% committed to God. We're unashamed and unafraid to proclaim the gospel and say, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, and proclaim that you need Jesus, no matter who it is, and, 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 and do that. And it's time America understand that, that, that women can preach too. Amen? So the thing is, is that God is so good, and I just want you to know that, that she was a top fan. You know, and I got the top fan because, you know, on our Facebook page, if you, if you comment and like enough, you'll become a top fan, right? You get a little badge, top fan. I believe she had a little top fan badge, not literally, but symbolically. But if, I had, if, if Jesus was up here right now, and he stood right here, and I said, uh, if you're a top fan of Jesus, would you please come on up? Could you, could you stand up and walk up here, or would you be scared that he would send you back to your seat? Huh? <laughs> Canceled. Right. I mean, could you walk up here and say, I'm a top fan? Or would you say, or would you be scared that he would look at you and say, man, you, you know, you, you need to sit down. <clears throat> you know, or some of us, he may say, <clears throat> don't, even, don't, don't even walk this way. <laughs> right, right. 
So let's, let's be top fans. Let, let's be bold and, and do what we're supposed to do and proclaim the gospel and go out and reach the lost at any cost and, and be, be concerned about souls, be concerned about who God is, and be concerned about salvation and be concerned about, about the things of the Word of God and live that life that He's called us to live and not be ashamed of it and be proud of it and not worry about what other people think. And some, there's a lot of Christians that I saw on Facebook that lost their top fans this week on Facebook. Just by their post. Republicans and Democrats. A lot of people, God stripped, stripped it right away from them. We have to be careful. Listen, you have influence. Yes, you have the right to, to say about your political affiliation. But the thing is, is you have influence and people will look at you as a Christian based on what you post. And you're talking about, oh, God's my Savior and King and the next minute I wish he'd die or whatever or this right here or I don't like this one or he's, she's this and she's that. It doesn't matter. We have to be Christians. And we have to walk with grace and love and forgiveness because you know what? The Word of God says that, that God sets those who are in authority and it also says that... that, that um, that his, his righteousness has never been forsaken and his seed never begging bread. It don't matter who, you may pay more taxes or you may pay less taxes. You know, you may have a little bit more trouble, but you know what? God's my provider. God's my healer. God's my king. He's my righteous. He fights my battles. So I don't know what I'm worried about. He's the one that you go to. The world's going to revolve around us regardless. All of them are liars. <laughs> All of them are liars, okay? Just go vote. You're like, how do I vote, Pastor? Well, here's the deal. I didn't mean to get in all this, but God led me this way, so I'm going to jump on it. So here's the thing. But when you vote, vote, vote for, go, go to the Bible. Don't buy, vote for any way but what this right here says. Go to that. What does it say about life? What does it say about family? What does it say about, about, about church, religious liberty? What does it say about all those things? What does it say about that? Um, and go to the Word of God and say, God, what, who do you want me to vote for? Okay? And just go vote. That's all I'm saying for that. Because I am a proud pastor of both, both Republicans and Democrats. And I'm excited about that. Because I, because I, I, I think it's a tragedy that, that pastors stand up in a pulpit and preach all one, one, one political affiliation. Okay, we, we're together. We're one. Because there's going to be Democrats in the heavens and, 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 and Republicans in the heavens. Amen. So anyway, I love you guys. I'm so excited that you're here today, and I just pray that you thought that, that maybe you today you think about maybe now that you now that you know a little bit more about Mary Magdalene, ma maybe now we can all maybe put her up a little bit and say, you know what, she's not what everybody thought she was. Because you know what, you probably aren't what everybody think you are either. You know, we all got problems, we all got sins, we all got issues. What if ju people judged us because of our past? And she she wasn't according to the Word of God that I can tell anywhere in the Word of God that she was a prostitute, but if she was. But why, why, after she followed Christ more than all his 12 disciples did, why is she still judged by her past? We can't judge her by that. We've got to judge her by who she is. Just like Christ wants to judge you for who you are and who you can be. Amen? Bow our head and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for all you've done, all you're going to do. We worship you. God, thank you for your word today. And God, we just bless you. We honor you. We give you glory and honor and praise. And we just pray, pray for God for, for all those that are out today, those that are sick, God, those that are that are that are down, and, and Lord, those that are oppressed, 
God, we just pray the deliverance come to them right now, God, that you deliver them from that in the name of Jesus. And we lift you up and magnify your holy name. God, you are gracious and you are awesome. Thank you so much for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.